0: So welcome along to episode two of Life Off The Stage with me, Richard And Had an amazing guest today. We even got interrupted by the gas engineer calling for their appointment halfway through, but we kept it in there. This is real life after all. Anyway, time to get on with it, episode two. My guest today is a Siroc teacher, burlesque teacher, hula hooper cook, and someone, if you look on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see a very varied set of photos from workouts to Hollywood to Quite possibly the scariest vampire I've ever seen in my life. Today on Life Off the Stage is the fabulous Veronica Oliver. Welcome along.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: I did say just in our little pre-warm-up when we were chatting away, when are you getting ready for it? Because you don't look glamorous enough. <laughs> Actually, see, I've, I've dressed up for the occasion in my uh, in my T-shirt, and and you look like a model. So, um, I'm. Oh, I might thank have you. My might hair next to be time.
1: Matched look. It's red. I mean, it's red or dead, right? And I don't know. You know me well, or maybe I have some kind of telepathic things and, and know what you're going to wear
0: who knows yeah. you've got a <laughs> rose in the hair and everything is it well you rose? don't have a
1: rose in your hair so it's a shame when you but you know it'll
0: do i don't my hair is perfectly natural no doubt as is yours <laughs> yes so, um, it is <laughs> oh, yeah. i used to i was looking back on photos actually of uh, of some i posted some recently and uh, people commented on just how dark my hair was um, oh
1: that's yeah. cool i may
0: have dyed it for a few years you never know <laughs> <laughs> just a few years and then magically (laughs) like Philip Schofield it went grey overnight Uh,
1: okay right
0: (laughs) anyway this podcast is all about your life off the stage we are going to do a bit about you on the stage as well but we're going to start off with tell us a little bit about where you came from and what your kind of history is
1: right so many of you probably know I'm not British not English Uh, I've had many kind of um thoughts and ideas of where I'm from and it's always entertaining to hear people thinking like where is she from? Uh, So I'm Hungarian um, and I came over to England in 1996 when I was 19 years old. um, What what, what
0: brought you over here then?
1: Right so I've done my A-levels in Hungary and I was going to go to medical university that was my aim and dream since I was 12 years old and um, I failed to get in by three measly points. Um, so my plan was to come over to England, learn English to better, good level, then I'd do an exam, and an English exam gives you five points, and I've been to uni. Um, and then um, one year turned into two years of being an au pair, because that's how you was coming out, over that sort of time. Hungary wasn't part of the EU at the time. and. Um, I then decided that actually maybe I won't really go to university. I fell out with my parents at the time so it wasn't going to happen um, and I stayed um, and then I met my ex-husband um, and um, we decided we stayed together and um, I changed my au pair visa into a student visa and I started to study IT instead.
0: Total
1: okay. surprise to me because um, I couldn't stand computers or I thought if I press the delete button it will go up in flames or something along those lines. Um, and uh, he was already a programmer and he said well look you know, just try and see how you go. So I did an HNC in, in IT and uh, took my to doctor's water and then I've in mean, IT ever since. <laughs>
0: So is that what you do for a living now, is it? Because yeah. you're, you're not a full-time Ciroc teacher or you don't. I have the luxury of doing that as well as running the franchise, but uh, very few do. So, uh, so what is your job then?
1: So I'm, I used to be a programmer for about seven years. That's how I started. And I went into more into consultancy um, by virtue of becoming more of a marketing kind of person now. But I never left the IT area. So I'm now I'm, I'm a business analyst and um, process consultant. And my job is really to gather the requirements from the clients of what they need for their business processes to then put onto a platform that's being implemented.
0: Because be I was doing lots of... Um... I did mention it to you, um, stalking of you on the internet. So in, uh, in preparation for doing these chats, I literally type in whoever I'm interviewing's name and see what comes up. Now for Paul, there was Paul Brooks, who I interviewed last time. Um, there was uh, somebody that came up but there was a pastor which I guessed wasn't him And there was a variety of different Veronica Olivers but the main ones that came out all looked very professional and I'm thinking is that the same person rather than the vampire that I've just seen in the previous photograph and uh, yeah it was all, it, all of a sudden you became very high and mighty and powerful and I was like ooh, this is something I didn't know about you so, uh, so yeah so you've done very well by the sound of it.
1: Yeah, I love my job. I mean, honestly, if I had to change it, it would be going into dancing and teaching um, and only that. Um, but um, I really, really love the fact that I have a total different kind of um, um, a persona at work and a different thing to fulfil in, in, in teaching in the dancing environment. So.
0: so it always makes me laugh. So Dot, who does our cakes, she is the loveliest person in the world. We all love Dot. Yeah, Again, and her and, cakes, yum. And her cakes, yes, absolutely. I love her as a person, I think she's an amazing person. And then when she turned around to me, and she has just retired, and she turned around and said, you know, when I'm at work, I'm a bit of a tyrant. And I was like, I can't imagine that of you, because she's so lovely. So are you the similar type of person at work than you are on stage? Or are you quite straight and narrow or whatever? I think I'm
1: like- other way around. I think I'm quite a tyrant and I'm teaching. <laughs> I think so many people are actually scared of me and they told me that they're scared of me. I have no idea why. I don't think I'm necessarily a scary person, just maybe commanding it a bit more and tell them to shush if I'm teaching because it's my show.
0: I'm, I mean? I'm quite scared of you if it helps.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it helps or not. Um, but no, work-wise, um, I'm, I think I'm much the same person. but not not tyrant. I'm definitely not like telling them and this is how you do what you have to do. Um, I'm quite a chatty one. I think I, that communication kind of a thing's still there for me for work as well, um, but now I'm not a scary one. I'm, I'm usually a bend over backwards one if anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you seem like the very a very helpful person, which is always nice. I kind I do you have a do you have staff under you or are you a manager type thing or? How well, I
1: do I do help um, my peers out and I do mentoring. Others, so I do help out, and I do training sometimes. Funnily enough, and, and uh, in my environment of IT, so I, I provide training uh, courses just as much as consultancy. So it's a lot of talking.
0: <laughs> Have you had the pleasure of Zoom over the last year? Then I, I'm guessing. Oh,
1: haven't I just used Teams <laughs> or Zoom or anything else? Um, nothing. The only thing I didn't use yet is the string with the tin tin can kind <laughs> of thing, or you know, smoke signals, and you do. Um, yeah, uh, yeah the, the thing is, it's not much changed for me because even before the lockdown, I would work from home a lot. So that I could still, I would sometimes go and visit clients and then have the meetings face to face. But there were times when I had a, had a client who were in different countries so far away, it was just not feasible for me to fly out there. Um, and then I would run it over a, a, a conference tool of, of choice or whatever that may
0: <laughs> So you love teaching, you love your job what yeah. else do you love doing then?
1: What else do I love doing? i absolutely love cooking and baking, as you mentioned I've seen some earlier. some <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favourite things to do. I absolutely love doing that. And eating, of course. What um, do you love cooking then? Uh, anything. I think the wackier the better for me. I like yeah. to kind of find things that are totally off the cuff but totally different not the usual kind of thing i get bored with the same old food i'm not one of those who can make up a recipe or a menu for a week and then always having the same thing or, or whatever i have no problem with people who are like that you know it's, it's not a judgment past i'm just one of those that absolutely love different flavors and the more the merrier um, so what, especially if is, complicated
0: ones. so is hungarian food i'm guessing hungarian food is quite different to, to british food yes so
1: in, um, in what yeah. ways uh, they use most of the basis of dishes are with onion and paprika i love it okay. hot um, not necessarily because we don't always use the spicy one we use the mild one
0: okay
1: um but we have a lot of pork and uh, beef and they of things but it varies you get really nice lovely hungarian foods just don't exist in england can't even kind of explain how that is but they eat a lot of meat that way um and um and they tend to be quite kind of like rich in sort of um um, and fatty really but nice I'm
0: vegetarian myself so I'll bypass on the meat side of it but it's always the flavors that I'm more interested in because the the meat side is kind of the the substance that you eat but the flavor is all sometimes quite different I know there is flavoring in meat as well but it's often the flavors you put with it
1: yeah I mean I, you can still create quite a lot of them and then it's been appreciated a bit more that there's vegans and vegetarians but back in the days when I got married and we had a wedding in 2000 um, I have had about five friends of mine who were vegetarian and they came over to Hungary to have the big party and I specifically asked the restaurant saying can you make sure there's vegetarian food and like, yeah 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 it'd be all right. Comes a day and I'm like there's the vegetable soup and the response was hold on to your trousers because this is funny we took the meat out of the right. soup after it's cooked
0: yeah
1: and then put the vegetables in was the response
0: because <laughs> yep. that's exactly how it works yeah I'm and intrigued. they
1: fried the vegetables in the same oil that they fried the schnitzels in so yeah just like go vegetarians
0: <laughs> i was I'm very surprised su- really surprised what I went to, um, I drove through Germany a few years ago, and I was flabbergasted going into McDonald's of variations of vegetarian food in McDonald's in Germany is far greater than we have in the UK. And I found out something like 15% of Germany is vegetarian It's much more than here. Um, I'm guessing there's not that many vegetarians in Hungary then
1: I think it's changed now I mean this was like 20 years ago right so back yeah, then yeah. but if you go to countryside somewhere um, then, then grandma and grandpa are always going to offer you like well you're too skinny you need to eat more <laughs> and they will try to make you eat well okay if you cut it up very small of the, the meat then yeah. it's okay
0: yeah it doesn't quite work that way does it but, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't quite understand the principle of of it but it's also depending on why people are vegetarian as well some people are vegetarian for the health reasons for the um society reasons or whatever it may be um i'm vegetarian because i don't want to eat meat it's my choice we were watching yeah. a program the other day and zoe said you know there was people trapped on a desert island type thing and uh she said what would you do in this situation i said i'd eat the rabbit i wouldn't have a, even a question about it it would be done because you need to do that to survive yeah, whereas to eat, I, yeah. I have the choice now not to eat meat so therefore i i don't um, yeah. And I, I no grew up
1: in a farm, and we had lots of um, animals, so we had a rabbit farm, we had geese, ducks, chicken, pigs, the whole lot, so I went through, and yeah, I put my hand up, I have killed them all, and yeah, I learned yeah.
0: how to, go, them how to work through them, and I feel yeah.
1: like, you know, if, if you feel comfortable with that, then, you know, go for it, go eat meat, it's fine.
0: Absolutely, um, I, say I have no problem about anybody eating meat themselves, it's, you know, if you have... And problem, equally.
1: Equally went through like a year when I was non vegetarian and, okay. and just decided that I don't want to eat meat. And then no, I didn't. And so what was
0: that. the thing that took you out of being a veggie then?
1: Um, I don't think I kept the diet very well, which meant that I didn't eat the right kind of proteins. So I should have done a bit more research. So I, I started feeling really weak and okay. well, and then eventually um, went away to Scotland on a holiday with my daughter and on the way back at the restaurant in the airport. I was starving I was like I've got to have a burger <laughs> and I've nailed it and, and that was it
0: <laughs> there you go I was gonna say, people often talk about bacon sandwiches don't they but, uh, no, well yeah I'm I know the-
1: I can get that but I don't even eat bacon so even though I'm non-vegetarian now I eat anything I still only eat turkey bacon for some reason I'm not a keen fan
0: turkey of bacon I've never even heard yeah, of turkey
1: bacon. it's made by medicines. I mean I'm, I'm not obviously being you know paid no. for this advert here um
0: yeah uh, the millions of people downloading this they'll they'll be uh, wanting their peace now <laughs> yeah.
1: but i don't really eat pork much i don't know why It's just don't that that doesn't really agree with me for some reason i'm not a keen fan so i don't eat pork and that's what yeah. no religious reasons just not really keen
0: so fair enough some yeah zoe doesn't eat lamb particularly so um so yeah people eat different things, don't they? So as I mentioned in the intro, you do seem to like to do the odd bit of dressing up yeah so where has where that come from then what, what what's that all about?
1: right so this is rooted right into my childhood um, in Hungary we have uh, once a year a big celebration at the end of uh, winter so at the end of February basically the last weekend of February is usually um, basically um, scaring the winter away. It's like a celebration that they have. I think it's rooted from back in dark ages long ago when people would make these scary masks and they would go outside and scare the winter away. But we had it at school as in like a dressing up kind okay. of opportunity, a big party. So everyone would dress up and either they'd given us an idea or we just all dressed up whenever we wanted to. And um, I remember winning it when I was about eight years old, or dressed up as um, a as, um, um, shepherd. Um, had a little sort of a moustache drawn okay. on. <laughs> my dad had a really nice Kirby pipe, had that <laughs> in my mouth, it tastes disgusting. Um, and he had his coat on, which was inside dad's, really furry, proper coat, put it on, and an like, old hat. Um, and the only thing that was giving away, and I was a girl, I had a little earring in my ears, a oh. little <laughs> blue flower in there. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved the dressing up even then. Uh, and I went into little productions that we wrote our own selves and, and dressed up as an old grandma with flower in my hair to make it look grey. See, some people are trying to look grey, some people don't. I don't need <laughs> it. That happens to them, Sorry, don't know That's all it. right. Um, so I've always loved dressing up. And then what really took it further for me is um, the fact that um, I've discovered burlesque quite a few years back and that gave me the opportunity to then start buying corsets and any excuse to buy really nice outfits for okay. the performance. Um, and that also meant that I had to look into the forties, fifties, sort of hairstyle, face makeup, whatever. Um, and also I'd always loved Halloween here. So there you go. That's where you kind of start going into the darker side of things of actually- It abandoning. does look very
0: dark. When you go dark, yeah. it looks but, very
1: dark. Yeah. My, my aim is always, I love shocking and surprising people. Whether it's a good shock or a bad shock, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Either way will work for me. Um, and I, I, I then really start pushing my own kind of um, abilities and look into YouTube videos and, and trying to copy things. So Terminator was one of my favourites and always will be. Is
0: that the spider one, is it?
1: No, the Terminator, I don't know if you've seen that one. Spider one's very good as well.
0: Spider one, if you haven't seen the spider one, I'll... I'll try and dig it out for some people, um, but it's literally like the body of the spider on your eye, isn't it? And then the yes, legs sticking out cram-
1: from cram- It's like clawing out of your your head, yeah. basically. Yeah. Now I created that for Medfest for one of their things. Um, it was um, an A party, anything stunning me day, and I thought arachnophobia that will do me. Um, <laughs> that's how that came about.
0: That must have um, taken hours.
1: Do you know what? Um, the prep before it is because making the spider is a fiddly one. It's, it's very you would you would laugh at this, right? I've actually made it out of you know you have the cotton wool buds that you use yeah, for yeah. cleaning things. You stick those together to make the leg. And right. then you painted black, which I painted with nail varnish. Okay. Um, and then when you're assembling it, I have a cotton wool pad that you use for cleaning your yeah. eye makeup off. No, not that you would, but you, then I don't judge. I don't know what you the do time. on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> painted that black and I literally put it onto my eye. And then I stuck on the leg one by one by one by one, all the eight legs to kind of get it on there. Now that's fiddly. And the fiddly problem with it is sticking it onto your eye, pa- eye, eye patches you're using a spirit gum or some other theatrical thing and it it I don't know it reacts to me a little bit so I end up with red eyes afterwards obviously because it feels like it's just sitting there for ages
0: that is dedication
1: yeah yeah that that does take an hour and a half and not comfortable and it's it's not the best thing but I love the look um whereas um terminator takes about two hours two and a half hours to put on but that's the two, like one face, half face ripped yeah. up and it's like a ro- robot underneath just the painting the robot on takes a long time to do are you
0: there in front of the mirror literally yeah. in reverse doing it yourself because yeah. for those that know me my my drawing skills are, are not quite the same as my dancing skills so um, <laughs> my my five-year-old daughter has better drawing skills than i do so if i draw a stick animal or an animal it looks like a stick animal and the only difference between my cow and my pig is that the pig has a curly tail um outside of that it's not quite the same so if if i did something like that i'm not sure it'd come out quite looking as yours did
1: well like i said it's a video i I was i found the video i had to do it and just bit by bit did it and sometimes it didn't quite work out exactly but still looked okay Um, and then the fiddly bit also is adding in the extra wax things that make it look like you've got peeled off skin you know when you you peel your skin up and then putting the blood around it so I I love that but I've also I don't know if you've seen the one that I was doing Christmas special I did like a 12 days of Christmas Mm -hmm. thing yes I I did see that I've actually worked with a bold cap I never worked with that that was really fun to do to make you look bold you have to put that on properly and um and I bought cheap cheaper for that. that. doesn't really work. I want it properly done, proper theatrical. And you had to use the hairdryer to, to get it on, stick it on. And that was a fiddly one, but so much fun because it looked like I've shaved my hair, which I have not done. And I will not.
0: <laughs> no, don't shave your hair. It's lovely. No. Yeah, we don't, want it. we don't want you shaving your hair off. <laughs> so what's the most daring thing you've ever done then?
1: Oh, most daring thing I've ever done. Um, let me just think about this one um i think the most daring thing was coming into england fair enough um well i was 19 i had um a one-way ticket on the coach 27 hours it took to come from hungary to here Uh, i had two pounds in my pocket and no return ticket and going to the family that i actually went to to be with i never met them before i phoned them once and uh, we had a phone discussion so i was gambling with my big suitcase that they would come and pick me up from victoria which they did yeah so I'd say that's either Derry was stupid as one or the other or both. But there's a fine old, line in between.
0: How old were you at this point? 19. 19. Just a couple of years ago then.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For all of us, just two years ago. Nineteen, that is that yeah, because I'm guessing your English wouldn't have been amazing at that point.
1: No, no. I mean I studied it in college. Um I studied Latin of all things, coming up and English. There okay. were two major languages I had to do in Hungary. It's normal we have to do that when you're doing an A levels, you have to study two languages. Do you? Um okay. but um I I still couldn't quite speak it. I mean, I could understand probably about what a good sixty percent, but I had right. to ask people to slow down because you don't speak at the level or, or the speed that you do when you are just learning a lot of no. slow takes you a while to do And plus at the first you you always translate it in your head mm-hmm. so it takes like a, a, almost a year for me it took that long when I started dreaming in English not in Hungarian okay. and that was the point when I thought okay well now I'm no longer translating I'm like as it comes i'll process it in english in the same way back out again so.
0: yeah yeah i mean languages is not my forte again i, I it, it ranks alongside my drawing skills um, <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm not so writing. what are your
1: main skills then what, i mean i'm not saying that oh so yeah i'm rubbish then. everything yeah
0: like <laughs> um my my main <laughs> No, that's all right. I think my main skills, obviously, I, you know, dancing is, I, I think I'm not too bad at that. Um, I'm also quite into music, playing guitar and doing the odd bit of singing and stuff. But Singing
1: um, and I, guitar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should serenade me.
0: Should I? I I'll, go I'll go and grab the guitar. You should
1: grab the guitar and
0: give it a go. It's not that much in tune at the moment. But yeah, I mean, I, I used to write quite a lot of music and uh, so, yeah, that. that that side of stuff. I, I, I write like writing some uh, some short poetry and um i think my main one of my main skills when i was asking my children the other day about you know our favorite type of um skill sets and one of my children the bigger children not the five-year-old um she turned around she said she you know she thinks that the amount that i'm um very patient is really really helpful for everybody so uh see i i'm a very patient person so i don't fly off the handle very quickly um so yeah that's and therefore i kind of Try and make decisions in a very measured way. I don't just kind of jump at something, and uh, so I can sit back and analyse and and be very patient. But
1: uh, nice, yeah. you're so not like me. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I also play a lot of sports as well. So um, which I, I try and be reasonably not too bad at those. Um,
1: nice. One. What did you do before you became a full-time stock teacher owner? What was your day job, if So
0: job. I was in the RAF for six and a half years as an engineer. Um, did that okay. for a while. And then I was a uh, sales manager for three years um, after that. Um, all the time I was in the RAF and sales manager, I, uh, I was also a teacher still. Uh, and then wow, okay. what, uh, 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, I gave it all up and, uh, and said, I'm going to do this full time. Which, cool. I, which i what did a good decision
1: i'm probably hoping i'm not regretting it still. not for one second no
0: good. no i've had the pleasure over the last year of course of not being able to run the business so i've been working in another company which i've now stopped mm-hmm. and it was it was very bizarre you know i'd I'd walk into it and go you know i'm so used to running my own company that i would turn up and i go oh in my head i'd say this i wouldn't say it out loud oh if you just did this 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 and this then those things might work better but i was at the bottom of the tree so i couldn't really say any of that type of stuff, not to start with anyway, I couldn't keep my mouth shut forever. But, um, but yes, that was very, very bizarre. So no, the best decision I ever made was uh, doing this um, full time. And uh, yeah, I've never regretted it. It's hard work. But uh, yeah, you get to do the fun side of it. The fun well, side I, I have had
1: the chance of, of, of throwing in and, and just being just a full-time teacher or even just get some of the franchise but I have all the kudos to all the franchise owners it's so hard work I mm-hmm. think with all the marketing thing and all the advertising and all the organizing and chasing and whatnot that you have to do. I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> I may be a lazy person, but there's no way. But
0: then I, I wouldn't want to do your I job. Had
1: to... <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but, you know, like I said, all respect, because it is it's, it's hard work. It feels like you are, uh, for me, um, I work from 9 till 5.30. Well, you know, thereabouts, you know, all go in and out of it, right? Uh, but it feels like when you're in a rock world and that's your full-time job, it's never-ending, it's like 24-7, because you are on call when you are not on call so um, yeah
0: standard day would be eight in the morning until midnight
1: yeah that's exactly. a normal day exactly. um,
0: um, I, it still makes me chuckle when people turn around and say all you have to do is turn up and teach a dance class you know yeah, what do you do right. during the day and you've <laughs> no idea it's, yeah, a, it's exactly. a lot of work but, exactly. um, but yeah now we're on to Ciroc then tell me about your Ciroc story then so where did you start who right. did you start with? how long you've been going and all of that type of stuff
1: Oh, I first come across it in 1998, and that's when a aforementioned ex-husband, he was the one who was doing it and dancing it at the Ealing venue, the original one that was um, taught by Mr Craman, yeah, James Cronin, James yeah.
0: um,
1: so I went to, to that class and uh, we very much liked it and enjoyed it, but because it was on a day that he was playing football, it was just making it a bit difficult. Um, and, um, you know, we had to drive at that point. So we kind of dropped it for a couple of years. And then in 2000, um, that's where Annalise Martin opened up this Rock Surrey venue in Surbiton. And she was doing a, a busking session in Kingston, which okay. my ex-husband realized and noticed and picked up a flyer. And then we started going to the Surbiton venue, which was like 10 minutes drive, not like a half an hour drive. Yeah. So. We were lucky in London there were so many venues to, to attend so that's why I started and um, I kind of stuck with it and I think I became a, a Sorok te- uh, sort of um, taxi dancer by, by a couple of years mm-hmm. down the line even less than that.
0: so how did you find all the audition process and teaching oh. and stuff
1: <laughs> okay so this is something that many people know I failed my first Sorok teacher exam no I have
0: who failed um, you
1: um, well, so it was. I don't know if you know George. George yeah, George, I know George. She, she was yeah. uh, the head of dance at the time. I,
0: I went through they, training with George.
1: So they failed me on a couple of things. Apparently, my style wasn't quite right in terms of clothing, or all things. Um, okay. The shoes didn't go match with, with the trousers I was wearing, but it wasn't the case of, well, what shoes are wearing? is like that's the only dancing shoes I have. So, you know. Um, and I didn't like the dancing skirt, never have. Um, and um, And the other thing was mostly probably because I was nervous. Um, They said that my accent came through really strongly. Okay. Um, And they were worried that I would just go really pack it in on the stage and I couldn't handle the, the, the heat of it. Okay. Um, even though I was a stroke t- uh, taxi dancer by then, but maybe I was flustered on the day. I don't know. It was a hard day. I think Paul mentioned that before as well, and the the, the whole workout for the beginning and having yeah. to do coordination up and down crazy and then having to have um, a bit of a chat, of why I wanna be a stroke teacher, and then all day long you go you break broken that I mean you know it. and um, you get I up do, there, get I... bit of it and then come back out again, again, yeah. It was an exhausting day, but exciting day. Um, this is so, the audition, isn't
0: it? Not the actual course.
1: No, no, the audition. Yeah, um, yeah. So after that, um, a few months down the line, um, Annalisa, M- M- Martin, was still pushing and trying to get in touch with Georgia. And she came down to see me actually teach a Siroc teaching class, not you know, like the taxi class, mm-hmm. and also see me how I am um and uh, literally that was that was it um she said okay well you're all right um let's do another one and then they let me go through that one
0: Aww.
1: and I became a teacher
0: and then you had the pleasure I've got to stop call. because oh, I'm oh, <laughs> oh so for those that don't know and we'll come back to this this is the gas engineer <laughs> hi
1: there um, are you yes i am oh. okay brilliant Thanks. Ah, uh, cheers. Bye, bye, bye. That's okay. You'll be in forty minutes, so that means we
0: can we can carry on. <laughs> this is this is live interviewing. We're just going to leave that in. Okay. There's, there's the gas engineer for you. So Yay, uh, yeah. Indeed. The wonders of Zoom at home. It really is. So we've got forty <laughs> yes. minutes. We'll be finished yeah. before then. You'll be fine. <laughs> so just answer the questions quickly. So who took, so presumably George took your course as well then, did she? No, it was
1: no. that, Saffron, Saffron. Oh, Saffron, course. oh, lovely. Saffron, and also my namesake, Richard Oliver. <laughs> the
0: Richard.
1: Uh, there's a funny story there. You will ask him, or anyone ask him, he'll still laugh at me, and, and he still remembers it fondly on my actual day when he had to do the exam. Uh, I decided, I've already started liking corsets back then, that I would wear a really nice corset with a pair of jeans, because I thought, yeah, rock me, oh, yeah. good, great which was great, except um, it was having problems um, with breathing because it was okay. constricting. <laughs> so I was teaching, I kept talking like this, and he was just absolutely laughing his head off. And uh, I didn't realise, I didn't think it was anything, you know, problematic. But of course, I was probably breathing because I was excited and nervous and whatever else, plus that, it's just all added all up. And um, yeah, he was absolutely in tears and laughter afterwards and he keeps you know mentioning it to me even now <laughs> and that was 2004 and he still remembers it it's like great thanks for that
0: so was that back at the dance attic was it or were we yeah. in the dungeon You're yeah. at dance attic must be one of the no, last not
1: dance attic. i that's where my um audition was okay twice. but the actual thing was at the studios
0: iron studios
1: iron studio yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why i stayed actually stayed there on site um, oh, did you Mm -hmm. the last night I think I did every day I was commuting because it was a six-day course back then the beginners course yeah and on the sixth day you're literally doing um your um, exam and then on the seventh day nobody works because you know it's the (laughs) it's a bible I said (laughs) um don't ask um
0: yeah
1: yeah, anyway so um, I stayed the this Friday night I think we all stayed there and um yeah we had um Exams and um, yeah, that was a really hard stuff. I mean, if anyone ever asked me what was which was the hardest course I've ever had to do, and this is talking about work course as well, because I have had to do like a, a six day course. By far, the siroc is the hardest I've ever ever had to do. So. No. Don't underestimate the rock teachers because we have to go through hell. <laughs> yes. And if, and if you pass the, the even the, the entry exam, then pretty much guaranteed you're going to pass the course because that is so intense as well.
0: Yeah, no, it is. But you know, that's what I love about and that you do get, um, you do get put through the mire. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you get you come out the other end as a a good quality teacher. Yes, you
1: know, because you most... prep so much for it. Yeah, yeah it's just. You can't fail really because it's drilled into you so
0: well yeah. yeah and it means that what we're then able to give everybody is a is a really good quality night you yeah. know, quality of teaching and you know we know what we're doing and when you're on stage you're then able to be very professional which um which i love about it so uh, it yeah. does make it make it much easier so what do you think makes a great Siroc teacher then because you are you know i've seen you teach i think you're a fantastic teacher oh, thank you. Um, so what do you think makes a great Siroc teacher?
1: I think as a rock teacher, you don't just need to be a teacher. You need to be an entertainer because people turn up and they're not there during the day. They're there to usually have a bit of fun. Um, and so it's not like a day course where you have to just listen and, and, and do exactly as you're told. It's more like people pay their hard-earned money to have a bit of fun, enjoy the night and along learn, learn dancing as well. Um, and I think I'm a firm believer in this, if you make it fun and make it hooking with some silly jokes, innuendos, whatever they be, they will sink in a lot easier. So that means people don't just have a great time, have a giggle, but they also get to learn and, and get to dance. But I think also you need to be really engaging with people. So it's not just you performing on stage and off you go afterwards, sit in a corner or have a cup of tea or whatever else. It, it, it's kind of like you have to go through Um, integrating into the textile of the whole um, night, if you like, and and, and make most of it and dance with everyone, having a chat with people, especially so many nervous people out there. They they come out best and they really worked up the courage over weeks and months to come out and they don't know anybody. If you have a teacher that comes up to me um, you know, and I was that beginner, I would be absolutely thrilled and and that's probably one of the reasons why I actually did stick with it back in 1998, because I had that, not just from the teachers, but from the people, they were so welcoming. And you felt like, wow, so I might not be great or I might be completely big enough, but the people want to dance with me, I want to be here, so you want to come back.
0: So who so was your first teacher? Do you remember who? Went- it was James Grinning. I was changing- of course you mentioned yeah. earlier, didn't you, yeah.
1: Yeah. I never saw him teach, awesome.
0: actually.
1: Yeah, he had these funny braces and things that he was wearing, it was really cool and full of charisma, it was fun um yeah so yeah so for those that
0: don't know james and Janie were the original people that started off rock back in the mid 80s um and uh yeah they ran it as a husband and wife duo for many many years and uh yeah jamie was uh, was my teacher trainer um <laughs> i was her last course back in the day in 1842. Um, <laughs> it seems that long ago anyway but uh yeah um but, yeah i know i I had my most embarrassing moment on stage, actually, with Jamie, um, or Jamie, I should say, not Jamie, um, in regards, it was at Fulham Town Hall. And uh, she'd asked me to demo for her. And I was living in Oxford at the time. And I I traveled in, and uh, I got stuck in traffic, you name it. So I turned up really, really late. And uh, we didn't have time to go through the beginners class. I just did that. That was fine. And then you got the 10 minutes in between the beginners and intermediate session and we went through the intermediate moves in super quick style there was 250 people there that night and uh, at the beginning of the whole thing she went right let's demonstrate the whole thing then and i just stood there and had absolutely no idea what it was none <laughs> none at all and uh, she completely backled me and it was horrific if i'm honest i've never been so embarrassed in my entire life so uh, oh, so yeah i was because i just didn't know what i was doing um, so yeah what's been your most embarrassing moment on stage now i've shared mine yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, this is quite embarrassing. Um, so I decided to buy a really nice dress, um, and I don't usually dance in dress, and this is another reason why I no longer really do. Um, and it was like a 50s thing, so this really opening skirt, you know, the nice big spinny skirt.
0: I don't want to be ahead of you here, but carry on.
1: Okay. Um, and unfortunately I made a really stupid mistake of wearing the wrong kind of on the way to go with it, if you know okay. what I mean. Um, this, uh, and up the,
0: up the, um up the backside type yes, of. Yes, basically.
1: Covers not much.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> and um, and the horrifying kind of uh, realization dawned on me um quite thankfully before the class started. because uh, I've arrived quite close and to, you know, like 20 minutes before the actual thing started. And I said, what am I gonna do? Um, if it was a low stage, it would have been okay, but the stage was already a, a, me- a metre and a bit above, uh-huh. so it would have been an easy upskirt opportunity. Um, so I just ran out to the shop, and I could just about find some thread and some needles so I could kind of stitch the skirt a bit oh, together okay. in bits so that it wouldn't open up so much. Um, unfortunately, during the class, the stitches started to come up <laughs> and I could see man like sloping lower and lower so see, I was like no this is not happening oh, um, so yeah that was probably the worst thing And listen, that yeah that was that was one of them probably I, had that... some other ones I mean usually as just back Poor. I, I tend to dig myself into ground and the whole when I'm starting innuendos or if I don't even mean to and I say something and I just go what did I just say that It definitely seems
0: to this, the, uh, the Sorok innuendo. I'm going to rename it as yeah. Sorok innuendo. Because I think we all go down that line, and I'll rephrase that another time. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it seems to happen a lot that people just say innuendos, and then people start giggling. Yeah. And you're like, what have I just said? And it's worse if you don't realize what you said, actually. And then you say it again and again and again, and then people are just in fits of laughter. And then you're there, and it's almost like there's a joke in the room, but you don't know what the joke is. Um, but I think yeah. there's
1: a move, and you say sort of go like uh, front side, back side. At least that's one that's an easy <laughs> one. <laughs> it's keep
0: I've never easy. thought of the backside moment,
1: but I have, I, and I have been there through that a few times. Yeah. Not in the backside, but as saying say, but there you go. From no. It more. <laughs>
0: I'm trying. Zoe is in- incredibly good at doing uh, innuendos and she has no idea that she's doing it most of the oh. time. So, um, so bless her cotton socks. And I'm, I'm often, you know, if I'm teaching with her, I'm in fits of laughter myself. She's just looking at me going, what, what is it? What have I said now? So, uh, Bless her cotton socks. So what's your favourite style? So you teach hula, you teach burlesque, you teach cirque yeah. dancing or general partner dancing, which which is your favourite and why?
1: oh dear me um that's a hard one because i, I like them for different reasons i,
0: I am a hard investigative in, i can't even say <laughs>
1: clearly very you
0: know? very demanding interviewer i really am <laughs> or not
1: um gosh
0: so what do you love um, about hula hooping then
1: right i, I can't hula
0: hoop i'll i'll put out that.
1: you come to my classes
0: well, that's, if I did that, I would be able to. You're right.
1: There you go. No one's born with it. Um, <laughs> so hula hooping was a self-inflicted silly thing that came out of being on to one of the Facebook groups and someone posted up like, oh, look at this dancing lady who does dancing moves and choreography with, with hooping. I, said, I remember I used to do hula hooping. I'm sure I can still remember it. So I bought myself a really expensive power hoop, really heavy one, weighted one, that's supposed right. to be called a cat. And I just started and I just did my own silly choreography. That's when I realized that I can still hoop. Ha. <laughs> um, and I posted that up for a laugh. And then people said, oh God, you should, you should do this. You should teach us. It's like, hmm, maybe I should. And that's how it went. Uh, literally wow. got into it and absolutely love it. Um, so I don't just teach the basics for like 15 minutes. I then, then go into choreography, which is great because okay. it's pushing me in a different way to have to come up with choreography to music and songs. Yeah. Um, and then teach that. And by the end of the class, we're doing it. And it's a workout and a half. I mean, if you think this is an easy one, whoa, think again. I'm absolutely drenched by yeah. <laughs> the end of it. Um, so I know we
0: tried with, um, so Beatrice had a hula hoop, our five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we tried to hula hoop with that and then realised that because it was only that big, it's not quite so easy. Gonna, it needs no. to be a bit bigger. So yeah. certainly with my hips, that's for sure. So, so in uh, case
1: you are looking to buy a new hoop, you need to have it as tall as your belly button or just below
0: when okay. it's standing
1: on the ground. So for your height, it uh, has to be at that height. Otherwise, you're really going to struggle.
0: So. Yeah, this came up to about my knee.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> then you so, will struggle. It's pretty
0: much just like a, it's like a corset for me, if I'm honest with you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, burlesque. That's something that very few people teach. Then so.
1: Uh, that. That's another thing. So that I came across, whoo, whoo, that's difficult to tell, I think probably seven, eight years ago, or somewhere like that. Um, well, I, I knew about that even before that. just That's when I really started taking classes and learning it. And I uh, was uh, part of a, um, a little group of performers. Um, we had um, shows every other month and I had plenty of private bookings. So many times I was just performing as part of that group, like three or four, maybe ten of us maximum. Um, and then I started doing it on my own as well. I have had a few little bookings and um, I remember offering it back. Actually, I was offering burlesque many, many, many years ago, but I think at the time the Ciroc, um kind of um, people were not ready for it, probably. Um, and uh, I think the assumption was like, oh, I'm gonna definitely gonna get my kit off and whatever else, which I don't do as you probably don't. know. Probably know. Um, and then a few years back, um, I've offered it by chance to uh, teachers at Metfest. I was going there as a whole, on a holiday, so well, okay. I wasn't a part of the teachers, but I said to Tim, look, I'd like to offer a class for free as part of the fun thing, if you think it would go down well. Um, and he advertised it, and then very soon as I put up that the girls are welcomed, I had um, a guy message me on WhatsApp, like, what about boys? Why can't we have a go? like... Mm-hmm oh I bet you can so I then decided to run two classes one for the girls one for the boys so we That's had a burlesque called, my, and we
0: have a I was gonna say is it called boylesque I love it the name it actually is
1: called boylesque yeah not, not my naming It it's actually um, kind of um, been around it's not my invention of the naming again. um and it, it is a thing um and then ever since that that went so well then I did it again next year and then um, Michael said, look, we really like it, uh, let's put it on the weekenders, and we um, been doing that on the weekenders ever since, and absolutely love it, there's just nothing better than having the girls pitted against the boys performing in the pubs, it's not just uh, the class that yeah. you do, you actually do a performance in the evening on, on the Sunday at the pub, and it's it's a hoot, it's absolutely brilliant to have all those people um, coming and joining and having a like, giggle, and I think it's not so much just the, the show off of it, uh, although that's obviously part of it, but the amount of ladies who came up and said, my goodness me, you've given me such body confidence, I feel mm. so much better. And many of the moves are still applicable, even in Ciroc, because they are an extension of a lady's styling, if you like. Yeah,
0: you know? it's moving the body, isn't it, in a certain exactly. way. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a brilliant thing to do. It really is. So, um, so yeah, and Ciroc teaching, obviously you've obviously been doing that a long time and yourself yeah. I love watching you teach.
1: Well, um, thank you I absolutely love that. It, it, you know what it's it's such like an instant kind of a satisfaction feeling because you people you see people who never danced before they turn up and by the end of the class because of the way we structure the way it works, they're just dancing with those moves that you taught them and it's just a brilliant feeling yeah. especially when you you know come and have a dance with you and, and at first you see them nervous. You have someone who's holding your hand and the hands are shaking like that whilst they're dancing with you because they're so scared of you. And and then a few weeks down the line, they are coming back and they're dancing. Or months down the line, they're competing. I even have um, a couple of teachers used to be my uh, demos or even one of them I know who came to my class very first time ran. I remember Aww. him and then he's now a teacher. Who was that then? Ben, ben Davies.
0: Oh, lovely. The lovely Ben.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely Ben indeed. And he was my demo as well for a long time.
0: Oh, very nice. Well, part of being a teacher is, of course, music. So I'm oh, going yeah. to ask you three questions regarding music now, okay? And we'll play the bit of music and uh, see what you think about it. Um, so the first question is: What is your favourite song to dance to? Then
1: favourite song to dance to is called "Never Be Like You" by Flume. Never be. Um, like it's you. a very unusual song um, in terms of, well. I don't know <laughs> it's not your usual kind of smooth or, or um kind of samey kind of just sort of tracks it's got a lot of broken beats and i have just... listened
0: to it and um it's unusual that's definitely the word let's have let's have a little quick listen to it
1: I made, I made a like
0: so yeah it is definitely um different that's for sure. But it's I cool. love
1: musicality, as you know, and yes. I love the little nuances and things and unusual kind of beats that, that you can hit if you know the song well enough. And this kind of gives you everything <laughs> that you, you, you could ever, ever ask for wish for if you are liking to do expressive dancing. And
0: I am definitely next time we're around together at a venue going to play that song and try and have a dance with you too. <laughs> Please. Um, I think it would challenge me to the nth degree as well. <laughs> it really will so um so yeah so that's your favorite song to dance to and it's always very difficult that question because you know people ask me that question all the time like depends on a what type of mood i'm in but also you know because we dance so much often a a song that you really love you get a bit sick of and then you'd move on to another song as well so it's it's always i appreciate this moment in time a very difficult one but what's your favorite song to listen to then
1: very similar to this one. I mean, these two are actually crossovers, right? Um, so the other song was, um, <laughs>
0: I've the name. Aero Cloud.
1: Surface, that's the one, Surface by Aero Chord.
0: Let's have a little um, listen to it. Yeah. So
1: yeah,
0: I don't know if I played the right part of it then or not, but.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a good enough part, that there's um, the beauty about that song. It, again, goes into very different sections. So okay. that section was the, the comfy one, and then it goes into very crazy, broken-in-two-pieces kind of um, music.
0: So why that um, type of music, then?
1: Um, I think because I've never liked songs that were predictable, just samey-patterned. Um, well, I, I, nothing wrong with it. I danced to them, and I enjoyed them. But I've always liked the kind of very unexpected little, oh wow, I didn't see mm-hmm. that coming. Um, as, as, as you know, when it comes to musicality, some things can be quite predicted and mm-hmm. we usually kind of know that, the you know, structure. Yeah. And then there's some things you just go, whoa, where did that come from? Oh, I yeah. like that. I like being surprised as much I mean, as I, I like think surprising of people say Billy B- me.
0: Billie Eilish and Bad Guy, for instance, it's quite a mm-hmm. normal song and then it just goes slightly crazy towards yeah. the end. You know, that yeah. type of thing I could imagine you would... I like a lot
1: of energetic stuff, but, by mean, but I don't mean speedy necessarily. So I don't mm. mean necessarily the mainstream, the main room music, but yeah. has a built-up, pent-up energy that you can go off and explode over. Yeah. <laughs> so so what
0: stuff. about a song that's had the most impact or strongest memory in your life? Right,
1: wow, that's Cry to Me by Solomon Burke.
0: That's um, a little lesson. In your baby, you all alone. Again,
1: amazing song. Oh, it is. It is. Right. So I know it's not quite uh, predictable, well, not, not like the others were.
0: Slightly right, different so to the other two.
1: Yeah, this is a bit easier to dance to. <laughs> right, so this one comes right back to my young teenage years. I absolutely loved it, the dancing, but probably most dancers here will know and they love it and they might think, oh, it's a cliche. Except I was the one that was watching the video of Eta videotape, the original English version, so it wasn't even Hungarian. Um, And I was probably about 13, 14 at the time. And for that two or three years or so, I looked like baby. I had my hair permed. Um, I was into the dancing inside and upside down. I was watching the film every single day and had my favourite bits that I would wind to to watch. Um, and this was obviously their first ever love scene at the beginning, which I was like, ah, raging with hormones and I absolutely loved the dancing. And it was like, oh, it so exciting, brilliant. Um, and uh, I've been, obviously, even learned the, the last dance, which is not the song, obviously, that's the time of my life, that, that, that one. But I've always wanted to dance to this song um, once I have got into rock. And nobody really played it back then. And they would have the time of your life, you know, that kind of thing, but not, not really the Solomon and uh, cry to me. And then one day I've turned up at Eating, I think it's Eating Town Hall, and there was um, a dance and the song came on. And I've danced with an amazing dancer and I came off that dance for feel like I want to have a, a cigarette and a cold shower and I don't smoke. So there you go. <laughs> it's exactly, it was like, yes, it's what I always wanted. Mm. Um, and, and since I, I still very much love dancing to that tune because it just brings back the film and I pretend to be, I know it's really like a teenage girl I'm talking about now, but there you go.
0: <laughs> well, that film is why I'm here now talking to you. Oh, um, excellent. So yeah, for, for those that don't know, it's it's been on my bio a few times. Um, but yeah, I, I watched Dirty Dancing similar age 13, 14. I'm just 21 again. And um, and yeah, I wanted to be Patrick Swayze. Um, oh. I wanted to be a dance teacher full time. And I, I get to live my dream every day and and teach people to dance. And I am incredibly lucky to do it. Um, I really? still don't quite have. There's still the moment where um, he um she takes his T-shirt off and he's standing there just with his chest. And I always remember going, I'll have a body like that one day. Um, apart from having a lot more hair than he's got, um, or had, I should say, uh, I haven't quite ever quite got the six pack in exactly the same way, but um, I'm still working on a day by day basis. I
1: think but... you're, you're kind of, you know, you, you'll get there, you know, one day, one I'm,
0: day. Yeah, I have it's had in my life, <laughs> I have had in my life six pack twice, twice I've had in my life. Um, nice. a six pack. And we don't talk um,
1: about beers, right?
0: No, not so. Much. No, the actual. one. So, um,
1: no. it's hard work to keep that up though, because yeah. you've got a very low fat percentage in your body, and you have to have a very specific diet, and to, well, it's it's a hard one to hold. So yeah. So. But, but, but have you ever taught on that big tree? You know, the fallen tree that they're dancing, or have you done that scene with anybody?
0: Yeah. I haven't taught on that. No. No, not find one. I did walk across a tree recently, similar to that, and it the scene did come back to that. <laughs> the came back to my mind, if I'm honest with you. So, uh, so yeah, no, I love that film myself. You know, if, if that's the film I have to watch ever again, that would be the one. Um, mm, yeah. I, so, think I, still I, think, I still think one of my favourite moments in it is uh, right in the very last scene where the uh, the old ladies are sat there and they've all got their cardigans on. And she just yeah, goes... Yeah, and they
1: just it off and they start not singing. <laughs>
0: And off they go. It's, uh, that for me is just kind of, that is almost the rock. Not saying that all oh, rock people are that age, but kind of that feeling of, do you know what? I'm just going to get up and dance. I don't yeah. care about anybody else. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I think it's a brilliant film. And there's nothing wrong about being inspired by dirty dancing. It's not corny, it is the correct exactly. answer.
1: Exactly. That's <laughs>
0: the correct answer. We are nearly well, I'm done. I'm
1: glad oh, well. they took out some of the that there were some um scenes that were never made it into the film. I don't know if okay. you ever seen that and find that. I'm glad they took them out because that went just a little too far, it went a bit too sexual for me. Oh did it? Um yeah, you look it oh. up, you find it.
0: I will look that look, sounds wrong, but I'll look it up.
1: It is a bit wrong, I but know, but but you know, the suggestive dancing that they had in there, obviously. Okay it's gone a little bit more and in fact you can find a video on on um the reel on on when they were trying to do the audition or some bits and Mm. practice and that was going a bit like whoa Uh,
0: and did you know that that jennifer gray and patrick swayze didn't genuinely get on
1: i know they didn't didn't. that scene where they're
0: doing the bit going down there that's him properly hacked off with her
1: yes and they they, they were not going to leave that in but she was genuinely ticklish and um yeah he was just really you can see the proper annoyed face yeah he was, yeah, like, knows.
0: Mm-hmm. He was properly hacked off so uh, <laughs> yeah we'll have to have a dirty dancing get together we did do it once oh no it's a watching strictly at a weekend we put up a um a big sheet and we all set up the seats outside to watch it but maybe we'll do a dirty dancing big sheet on a projector moment nice. at weekend i to think come alex out. and emma they did the actual yeah. showcase they
1: actually yeah they a did the dancing thing if yeah yeah yeah. many
0: moons ago. But no, that yeah. is the correct answer. I love dirty dancing. So uh, we're on to the quick fire round, okay? So oh, I'm going to ask every, every person's going to get the same questions just to finish off quick fire. You have to answer them reasonably quickly. Okay. okay so, are you ready? Favorite ice cream.
1: Otter peanut butter clatter. That's by Ben & Jerry's. absolutely love that. It's good. Can butter.
0: you say that three times really quickly?
1: Otter peanut butter clatter. Otter peanut butter clatter.
0: butter clatter. Wow, you're good. <laughs> are you judging by your room at the moment i think i know the answer but are you clean or messy
1: very 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 clean
0: it looks (laughs) it you look immaculate yes i am equally very very clean love or hate roller coasters
1: love to hate them i love them and hate them at the same time
0: you love and you hate them
1: yeah i love them because they are so fun and brilliant and i hate them because they i leave my stomach behind as we go and i go i can't handle it (laughs)
0: Yeah, all. same yeah.
1: reason I don't like acceleration in cars. I'm like, ah! Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Excluding social media, what's the phone app you use the most? Fitbit. Fitbit? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Checking
1: me every day. How did I sleep? How was my heart rate? OK. <laughs> Sad but, line. I I so like you heart.
0: know the answer to this question. What is your resting heart rate?
1: Um, about 53? 53,
0: 53. Oh, very low.
1: Yeah.
0: That means you're fit. Yes. Wow. Coffee or tea?
1: Yeah, coffee, especially in the morning. Um, that's why I'm buzzing now. <laughs> um, otherwise herbal tea.
0: <laughs> otherwise, Fair enough. Favourite TV programme?
1: Uh, Black Mirror. I oh, absolutely love that. You watched a few I of those. On.
0: It was bizarre.
1: I, I loved it, but I, I loved um, Twilight Zone when I was young and very little. Somehow I managed to see these things um, yeah. by chance. But yeah, I think I'm brilliant.
0: Okay. Very good. And if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would you be and why?
1: I'd be a cat. A cat. Because um, I'm independent, you know, and um, I'd be fed. I could just run out and do whatever I want. And then when I come back, if I want to be stroked, I let them stroke me. if, if I don't.
0: That I'll just sounds just wrong. Let's move it. on from that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorok Innuendo Bingo is back. <laughs> There's many more lines I could go down, but I'm really stopping right now.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, can I return a favour and ask you something? Patrick?
0: Of course, you can. Go for it. I know Paul did this to me. It doesn't mean everybody has to, but go for it. Go <laughs> okay. These aren't prepared. I have no idea what these questions are.
1: Okay, cool. Right, gardening or DIY.
0: Oh, I'm rubbish at both. <laughs> uh, well, that's what they would say. Gardening.
1: Gardening. Yeah. Um, sweet or savoury?
0: Savoury, definitely.
1: Okay. Uh, walk or cycle?
0: Walk. You could talk more.
1: Okay. Holiday: a hot or cold destination?
0: uh love both definitely hot though
1: okay cat or dog dog okay and if you could travel in time would you rather go to the future or the past
0: i would rather go to the future because i think in a hundred years time we're going to be living in a very different world and i'd love to see it but i have challenged my daughter my eldest daughter um, she might be going into genetics this might be the area she's going into so mm-hmm. I, I don't personally think this is much of an ask but um, I've always believed that uh, by the time that I get to the point where I might be leaving this planet, um, that they'll have created a cure for everything so I've, I've basically challenged her with creating a cure for fixing every part of my body that might fail I don't think that's much of an ask of a child I really don't
1: No, No, I think you're very reasonable but Basically
0: she's got to stop her father from dying
1: yeah, exactly. No pressure.
0: whatsoever. <laughs> None in the slightest. None in the slightest. Let the end of your <laughs> but, questions.
1: Right, last one. Oh, go on. If you would have a rewind button or a pause button on your life, which
0: would you rather have? Oh, rewind, pause. pause. Yeah, just to give me... As I said earlier, I like being... I like having time to think. <laughs> and sometimes I, you know, I might go into the wrong mode and not, not think clearly. So if I could pause... If I could pause other people and then just work out what I going to do, <laughs> just walk around and make what a cup a of tea, <laughs> a mute button. I'm, I'm a married man, I can't comment <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, mute no, mute he's not going to listen to this, is she? <laughs> no, never. No
1: no,
0: the, no, no chance. No, she, yeah, she has listened to the first one, but yeah, uh, yeah, Now that'd be quite nice. Yeah, pause buttons, give me more time to think about what the right thing is to say. There you go. uh, or then a rewind button I suppose and you could not say the wrong thing in the first place
1: Uh, but you can always relive it right you can always just think about that or do you
0: do a rewind or a pause button then
1: Hmm. for some reason I still would, would go with the rewind fair enough there are some things I would love to repeat again and do again I don't know
0: that's all good well we're going to end it there because you've got a a british gas engineer coming round, which is uh, vitally (laughs) important and uh, and i think we've on for long enough so um so today you have been an amazing guest veronica thank you ever so much for coming along and uh we'll see you on the dance floor very very soon thank you very much thanks richard